0: What's goody? e Breath the Verse? I am teaching a clean comedy workshop on Zoom this Sunday afternoon. So if you've ever wondered where the line is in clean comedy, how to transform your dirty jokes to clean jokes without compromising your voice, and get live feedback on your material in the workshop, scroll to the bottom of the show notes, click the link, join the clean comedy workshop, or go to joelbyerscomedy.com slash clean comedy workshop. And I'll see you there. Last one sold out, so jump on it so welcome back to hot breath everyone the show where you learn comedy from the pros this is our weekly live stream we do every tuesday on our youtube channel so please join our email list so you can get updated on when we're going live and all the other fun goodies we have for all the subscribers over there and we got a goodie today yoshi
1: goodie goodie goodie
0: you and I, we're not only you know, working comedians in the stand-up world, but we also like to do work in the corporate world. And our guest today, he's someone we've talked about for a while. He's someone we've taken inspiration from. And uh, we check out his work on LinkedIn a lot. And um, we're excited to have him on the show, man. This is, this is going to be a good one, especially when we get into those corporate goodies that our wife enjoys. Um, you know, our wives enjoy when our Comedy gets paid uh, (laughs) more in one day than you may make at a weekend at a comedy club.
1: So, yeah, when it comes back in more than tater tots, she's like, oh, wow, look at you. Look at you. She's like, oh, okay.
0: (laughs) So let's get to it, man. Without further ado, Hot Breath welcome to the show, the one and only Mr. Dave Schwenson, everyone. Yeah. Dave, happy Tuesday.
2: I just want to say you guys are talking about all excited about today's show, and I just wrote it on here. Your, your standards are pretty low. No! <laughs> yeah.
3: I like that. See, you're talking about here's, your here's wives. Here I here already, walk in man. here,
2: too, and I got, I got no respect here either. So <laughs> yeah.
3: it's
2: good to be here. Thank you for asking me, guys. Thank you.
1: Absolutely. We're excited to have you, man. Uh, you know, uh, as Joel mentioned, we've been on this, like, corporate – Uh, comedy grind of like, how do we break in? How do we get in? How do we get more corporate stuff? And I think we've all been, we all have gotten just like a little taste of corporate and we've done a couple of gigs and we're like, all right, how do we do a lot of those gigs? So where I don't have to do the gig where I'm getting paid in a beer ticket and uh, (laughs) here's a drink ticket. (laughs) All right. You know, I always tell
2: people when they, uh, you know, I've been doing comedy workshops for way too many years and you know, business workshops and things with comedians. And um, when I talk about the corporate market, you know, a lot of comics don't understand the different markets. They think it's just comedy clubs, then you get on television, then you get a sitcom, you're famous, and that's it. But, you know, there's, uh, I always say the comedy clubs are almost like the low rung on the ladder because, you know, I mean, you got cruise ships, colleges, and corporate shows to make some real money. And uh, as an example, I tell them uh, when they come in, they say, you know, I say, sometimes you'll notice the headliner, like you're expecting, oh, wow, somebody's coming in. I've been knowing about this for months and can't wait to see him. And then like, you know, a week or two before they're headlining a comedy club somewhere, you know, they've been not, you know, canceled or delayed, you know, okay, the show's been canceled. We're going to reschedule and that person will be back. And they're all thinking, God, I hope they're okay. I hope they're not sick. I hope nothing bad happened. No, they probably got a corporate gig. That will pay them for one hour what they're going to make in the entire weekend. Doing the I mean, that's what it is. Hey, man, I got a corporate gig, so let's put this back a month or two whenever you have an opening. So uh, that's a great example of how it works.
1: That's awesome. So how how would you say you got started? I guess give us a little history of your path, your comedy path from the beginning, because a lot of our audience may not know who you are. We've researched you. We know who you are. We've seen, we've seen the books. We've seen the LinkedIn. We're both, I think both of us kind of stalk you on LinkedIn. Just, yeah, (laughs) we're just (laughs) like, how's he doing it? It's
2: it's all about networking guys. You know, we talk about the business, this stuff. It is all the days of just showing up and being funny somewhere. I mean, you can do it if the right place, the right time, of course, but. It's it's all marketing and it's it's getting yourself out there because the competition is so tough. You got to be able to stand out from the competition. My story is very long. So I'll just uh, briefly highlight it. I started back uh, uh New York City. Back. Give in the, us the uh,
1: five. Give us the fire five minute version of it.
2: <laughs> yeah, when I, into, I mean, when I first went to New York City. I, 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 you know, I graduated with a degree of business from a college in Ohio University. And I wanted to be in show business, and there was no show business out here. So uh, I went to New York City, and I got involved, and I started doing a lot of things. I mean, I used to perform music down in the clubs in the village for years, all the Kenny's Castaways, and the back fence, all those places. Uh, I used to add jokes in between the songs, too. Um, didn't mean I could sing any better, but it just uh, maybe it entertained them more. Uh, I learned about the comedy business from the acting world, actually, or the, the, the entertainment business. I used to do soap operas, believe it or not. And uh, some commercials, films, things like that. nothing to quit my day job to support myself with, but I did a lot of stuff. And uh, a good friend of mine, I'll mention his name, Chris Murphy. He's a comedy coach in New York City. guy's a walking encyclopedia of comedy. When people are going to New York, I always recommend check him out. Uh, he was a stand-up comedian and I'm like, you know, he got me interested in doing it, so I said, so I took a workshop in New York City. To do three minutes of stand-up comedy and i'll tell you right now it's not anywhere near as good as my workshop <laughs> i still say the guy still say the guy never even knew our names three minutes of comedy it was just it was kind of a ridiculous kind of thing years mm. and years later when i was a talent coordinator this guy used to come into the club i was booking shows for and he was standing there looking at me like how do i know this guy how do i know this guy and i'm thinking you never even knew me when i was in your workshop okay anyway that's my you're what not you bitter, mean, I, but you're not bitter. I'm, not, I'm not, <laughs> you still not doing it. <laughs> I'm not bitter. I think it's funny as hell. Uh, <laughs> he's,
0: probably still, he's probably still. wondering how do I know this guy? Um, <laughs> but that's part of networking. You know, you never know is. who's gonna be who in this game. That's why you got to be nice it, to everyone. It is. I make a point of
2: that. You know, don't don't burn any bridges. Yeah. You know, don't. i I've heard that too many stories, horror stories, these comics that. Uh, Again, they burn some bridges, they're jerks, they go out somewhere and they're not invited back and they don't understand why. Well, figure it out. You know, um, if it's two comics and kind of equally funny, you don't know which one to pick, you're gonna pick the one that's easiest to work with, bottom line. Um, I learned that real quick. Um, Anyway, I got interested in comedy and I started my own comedy club with my friend Chris in New York City, down at 20th Street and 3rd Avenue in Gramercy Park area. There was a bar there at the time that's not there anymore. Uh, we started doing comedy shows on Friday, Saturday nights and I got to be the MC, which means, you know, I was always on stage, get my stage time. The most important thing is stage time. One reason we did it cause we couldn't get on stage at the open mics. Cause we'd walk in, it was all kind of clicky, still clicky these things. Yeah. So what we did was we started a better club than everybody else had. Honestly, I, I'm not bragging when I say this, we did a Friday, Saturday night. Most open mics are Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and they're hunting for an audience. We would pack this place and everybody wanted to get on stage and it was like cool. I'll put you up on five minutes. And then when I show up at your club, you're gonna put me up. (laughs) That's Uh, why I start. Yeah, that's where I started meeting some of the comics I work with later. I mean, I'll drop their names that we call the bar was called the honey tree. And we renamed it the funny tree, just for the weekend shows. shows. And um, my gosh, I mean, uh, that's where I met Dave Attell the first time, and uh, Mark Marin, Brett Butler, The Wayans brothers, Sean and Marlon, would come in. Uh, You know, a lot of that group. I just started to meet that group. We did that for about six months, and I'll say it was pretty successful. And I, but I wanted to get into the best clubs, and really, the only one I thought of was the Improv, the New York Improv. That's when I'd heard of my entire life. You know, the New York Improv. So I went up to get my foot in the door, just to get a job, like a lot of people do you know, a doorman bartender, whatever, let you know, let the owner who was silver Saunders at the time, <clears throat> let her get to know that I can do this. So uh, I went up and introduced my or actually, Chris Murphy introduced me to her. He was working the coat room at the time, <laughs> We'd do anything to get in. Uh-huh. And uh, she said, um, I said, I was looking to, to, to get a job. And she says, Can you bartend? I'm like, Sure. You know, I could open a can of beer. <laughs> <laughs> so she made me the sunday night bartender and I said, okay that's great i'm in and then uh i learned that my first sunday night working that's when i learned how cheap comedians are because they were the only ones hanging around the bar the convicts the way to go on you know they get a free drink and then they drink a club soda the rest of the night and i get stiffed i'm like okay this is not a good business opportunity anyway i was counting count- i was counting out the money at the end of the night and it's the only time in my whole life i said my business degree came in handy because I was right on the mark, right on the penny, counted right down, perfect. And Silver standing there like, I think she was amazed because I think the earlier bartenders couldn't do that there were a lot of mistakes. And she said, would you like to be the assistant manager? I said, sure. <laughs> so I came back the next night, Monday, and I was the assistant manager. And they, she trained me. Monday and Tuesday, I would be the assistant manager. And then this only lasted for about two weeks, and there she had a manager. I won't mention his name, but I really loved this guy. He was a good guy, helped me out a lot. He'd been there for a while, and the two of them had this banter going on, these arguings they would do. Anyway, they got in some fight, so she fired him, turned around to me, and said, you're the manager.
3: Okay. Nice.
2: Yeah. So the first thing I did was pass myself as a comedian. <laughs> I'm serious. Amazing. I was doing the shows. I mean, I had to learn the comics. She taught me so much silver. I owe her so much. She just passed away not too long ago. But you know how to book shows how to so I was the talent booker for the club. And I was also the manager of the club, you know, I mean, you know, seating the customers in the kitchen and the servers, the overlooking everything, but also booking the shows. And uh, I remember I would give myself like a five minute set. I, I stopped doing that. Number one, I didn't want to take time away from the real comedians. And I was getting more behind the scenes. But also, I went up and really struggled to do a five, six minute set. I was having a hard time. Then, after me, Rodney Dangerfield went on.
3: <laughs> wow.
2: I was like, oh, come on. This is not good. So, uh, but I really got into the behind the scenes stuff. So I would get calls from, you know, Late Night with David Letterman, Comedy Central, HBO, The Tonight Show, MTV. And they would be looking for comedians to put on. They wanted showcases. They were asking me, who are the comedians they should see? You know, types, you know, political comics, family comics, whatever it might be. So I was putting together these showcases, and they would come in and pick what comics they wanted to put on the TV show. I really liked that. And um, I did that for a while, and then I got tired of being cold, quite honestly. And uh, so I moved to Hollywood. And I hooked up there with Bud Friedman. And you all know who Bud Friedman is
3: hmm.
2: If you are anyone watching this, if you think you're in the comedy industry, you don't know who Bud Friedman is. You're not in the comedy industry. He just passed away not too long ago also. And I mm-hmm. learned so much. from. I was Bud's assistant. And then I became talent coordinator for the Hollywood Improv. And then also the television show A&E's and Evening at the Improv. So I really, I mean, talk about experience. You know, and again, I was consulting at that time too, because all the TV networks and film studios were all out there. So, you know, I get calls from Disney and Paramount and all the networks and I could set up showcases for them and um, all the big agencies and everything. And then uh, after a while I came back, I grew up in the Midwest outside of Cleveland and I came back here and started my own business, um, booking shows and I still stuck with the improv. Because there was, was an improv in Cleveland. There still is. I managed that for a while too. I'm the only, matter of fact. Here's here's something for you. Here's something for you. I'm the I'm the only person ever in the history of the improv to manage to be the talent booker from coast to coast to coast. New York City, Los Angeles, and Cleveland, which is on the north coast, Lake Erie. Well, there you go. Nice. <laughs> And and since the New New York City Club is no more, nobody else could ever say that but me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But when I came out here, uh, working in New York and Hollywood, the main focus was, you know, the comedy clubs and getting on television, Mm. getting a sitcom. You know, all the comics were doing it at that time. You know, I mean, there was, you know, Jerry Seinfeld and Drew Carey and Ray Romano and Brett Butler. And uh, they were all, you know, Tim Allen. Um, so that was like the main focus. And when I was in those cities, I'd never thought at all about corporate gigs, colleges, uh, cruise ships It never crossed my mind. And I I, I don't, we we were focused on television films and you know, the improv, the clubs. And, um, when I came out in the Midwest, that's where I got my experience in those markets. So again, when I talk about doing my comedy workshops, and yeah, I am a comedy coach. And I, I, I do encourage, you know, help writing original comedy sets, performing everything. I mean, I get people on stage, but my what separates me from everyone else doing this is my background in the business behind the scenes. You know, I mean, uh, comics can say they did the tonight show comics can say they auditioned for the tonight show, but they weren't hanging around with the guys deciding who is going to be on the tonight show because they were looking at 10 other people. So I was fortunate to do that through Bud, Bud Friedman. And, um, but when I came out here, <clears throat> it, yeah, it was a whole different thing. All of a sudden, uh, I learned about the college market. Wow, they book comics for the colleges. And so I became an agent in my company, Dave Schwentzen Entertainment, DSE. Uh, I was an agent in the college market for about seven or eight years, NACA. And, uh, you know, got a lot of comics gigs through that. And then, um, the corporate market, I started getting calls. Just I mean, again, doing my workshops, I started those at the Cleveland improv, I do them now in Chicago and Tampa. Um, But yeah, they would hear about me and they need a a comedian for a holiday party, or a banquet. And that kind of stuff. And I started learning, you know, getting also like humor speakers through the college market and work with variety groups, things like that. So that's really where that took off. So then I started learning more about the corporate market, how that works. And um, I do some myself. I do. I, I don't schedule shows anymore, but I do about forty myself a year gigs, uh, just for different things. You know, colleges, uh, senior citizens, businesses, whatever it might be. Um, but here's. I mean, the story. Uh, this isn't one of my. You know, I've written three books, guys. Um, I should hold them up i got them somewhere around here But i, to, I feel like I'm, I'm so i feel like i'm bragging i don't want to do that you asked for my background i'm just kind of yes, telling you yeah. what it is no, so no, it's yeah you're giving it's, it, 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 it's it, relevant it, yeah okay yeah, yeah, Just yeah. not i'm not i don't want people to say oh god he's so cool he's doing that no I'm a, I'm a jerk just like everyone else i just happen to know how to do this stuff <clears
1: oh, <clears but that's um, a real comedian comment right there that's how yeah
2: <laughs>
3: i i
2: have written three books on the comedy industry. The first one, probably the best known one is called how to be a working comic. And um, it's I consider it a business book. There are other books out there that say how to write a joke, how to blah, 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 there's plenty of those out there. Mine is a business book, you know, how to get on stage how to do this. Um, And after that came out, I started getting questions really literally from around the world. I mean, the New York City publisher with that one, Watson Guptail was the publisher BCI communications, they do uh, backstage magazine, billboard, oh, they were pretty big. And so I know it was translated in different languages, I was getting emails from around the world with questions, like, how do you do this? Or how do you do that? So I started, and I would always answer the questions. I'm really good at that by email. And then uh, I had a lot of comedian you know, my friends are comedians. So I had the opportunity to ask them questions. I'll never forget this. One of the guys I talked to was the late and the great Richard Jenny. Okay. Mm. This guy was a comedy writing machine. You could not talk to him without him coming up with a new bit. It was just, he was, to me, I thought he was just amazing. And um, I I talked to him and I said, uh, I had a question that was sent, and this is from my book, Comedy FAQs and Answers, and something about the corporate market. And I'm saying, you know, we really didn't know anything about that. He told me how he discovered the corporate market. He was living in New York City doing gigs, you know, clubs and everything. He said his agent called him up and said, you know, Richard, I've got a uh, I got a corporate gig for you. He goes, What do you mean corporate gig? What the heck is that? He says, You put on a suit, you do your act, and they pay you ten thousand dollars. He said, Book it, book more of those. He says, All of a sudden, I'm a corporate whore.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so
2: that's you know. And then I started, you know, I I found a lot of that going on more so, you know, like I said, in the Midwest kind of stuff. I mean, of course, it's big industry in New York now and in Hollywood. But um, yeah, so that's my story. And I'm, I'm still kind of mainly right now, I just do workshops, I just finished a comedy workshop at the Tampa Improv. Last month, I start one at the Cleveland Improv, uh, April twenty second, sold out with a waiting list, nice. hoping to get back, hope, hoping to get back to the Chicago Improv sometime this summer. And um, I do a lot of private coaching zoom. And I do online uh, comedy writers groups on Mondays and Wednesdays at seven o'clock Eastern time on zoom, just six people at a time, it's limited. And uh, the goal is to come up with a good new five minutes of material, which is, you know, that's, that's not easy to write good five minutes of material, that then it's a writer's group. So we critique each other and talk and things like, you know, and I talk a lot about the business, getting work and things. And and, um, yeah, it's a four week session, two hours, a session for four four weeks. Mm. And I've been doing that yeah. since the pandemic. Because oh, I, cool. I had a sold-out workshop right as the pandemic hit. As a matter of fact, the when we we're supposed to start on a Saturday and I remember the Wednesday, I called up the club. This was the Cleveland improv. I called up and says, Are we still doing this? What the heck's going on with this pandemic? And I was told, you know, no, we're doing it. We never cancel any shows. It's the improv. We cancel. We're not <laughs> then it was the next day, Thursday, I get a call from my other friend with <laughs> Craig over there who was the manager. He goes, it's armageddon we're closing we never cancel shows here the improv and (laughs) great night of workshop starting saturday morning but we want to take it online and it worked out really well and um the one thing i point out to the comics you know they say oh it's not the same doing online stuff and everything but guess what people are still making money from it they're still getting paid doing these shows i do i do you know uh, uh webinar kind of things and i get people watching in Asia and South America and Europe, you know, I would never be able to talk to them in person. So whatever.
0: Yeah. Yeah, And you, uh, you working with so many comedians and we will, we will uh, definitely want to get into like the corporate transition and all that. But this was just top of mind is there's, I know we have some newer comics watching live and like Jerry said, he's been following you on LinkedIn for a while and has your first book. And Mary found you from Jerry on LinkedIn. So that's very cool. But thank you. You working with so many comedians, what are some of the most like common mistakes you're seeing like young comics make?
2: They still think we're living back in the 70s. They still think it's shock value. It's not. Mm. Now, there is an audience for everything. Don't get me wrong. And I always say this with the comics I coach, I am not out to turn anyone into Barney the Dinosaur G-rated comics. I'm not. My favorite comics, I could mention Dave Attell. I could mention Dom Herrera, I could mention Bobby Slade. I mean, I just, you know, I I don't want to mention everybody's name. There's too many of them, but I mean, I just love it. Push the envelope. I mean, it's stand-up comedy. Yes. You know, you can say things that you can't really say anywhere else. Now that I've said that, it's also a business. It's a creative art. It's no different than writing a book, painting a picture, writing a song, singing a song. It's a creative art you must be able to express yourself. But if you want to make a living at this, you've got especially starting out. When you're a headliner, don't get me wrong. when you're a headliner, you can say or do anything you want. Dave Chappelle can say or do anything he wants, okay? So can Leno, so can all those household names. They can do whatever they want. I specifically work with people wanting to break in the business? How can they make a living doing it? How can they quit their day job and be comedians? Okay, there's no shortcut. There's no formula to write a joke. That's why I laugh when people say they got a book on how to write comedy material, how to write a joke. What are you just going to be a clone of that person? It's self-expression. You know, what makes you laugh? What is your sense? I can't tell someone a pie in the face is funny if they don't think so. Okay, that's how I look at it. But when you're starting out, the most important thing, and again, I keep saying these things like this. First of all, I want to make it very, very clear to everyone, I am not a comedy teacher. I get offended when people say, oh, he's a teacher, he's a comedy teacher. You can't teach anyone comedy. You can't. You have your own sense of humor. I have my own sense of humor, and you can tell right now my sense of humor kind of (laughs) sucks. See, I think I'm funny but I'm not. Anyway, so I can't I can't teach you cannot teach somebody what's funny. They have their own sense of humor. I'm a coach. Uh-huh. For sure. I'm the guy yeah. that the people want they yeah, they want to do this. So many people want to do this but they're afraid or they don't know what to do. They don't know where to start. They don't know how to market themselves. They don't know how to, you know, write the material they need to get on stage. My job, I look at this is I'm the one that kicks them in the butt. Boom to get them on stage how are you going to do this i'm scared i have stage right well be prepared be prepared know what you're going to say before you go up there that's all and then know your audience here's the other thing how are you going to get on stage? how are you going to get stage time and this gets to the corporate market because i do work with a lot of people you know interested in the corporate market you're not going to develop a corporate comedy set going to some late night beer soaked open mic with a bunch of 20-something comics sitting there and it's their social night out. I'm sorry, nothing against 20-something comics. I mean, that's when I started. That's what's my favorite, you know, comics. But that's different. If you wanna be in the corporate market, you gotta go in front of that audience where you can practice the corporate material. Where is that? It's not in a bar at midnight on a Monday night or a Thursday night. They're not sitting there because they gotta get up and go to work the next day. So you gotta take your comedy material where they are gonna be. How are you gonna do that? Okay, I talk in my books. I call it the corporate comedy open mic scene. Every town, every village, every city, they have these associations, Rotary Clubs, Knights of Columbus, women's college groups, Kiwanis. They have meetings like every week. And they're always looking for speakers or entertainment. That's, and they're the people that hire you for corporate gigs, okay? And you can't go in there talking about your intimate details of your sex life, or how you go to the bathroom every hour and what's left in the toilet. You know, and you drunk. I mean, it's, it's 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 how you get a that's how you get a new reputation as a hack. It's easy to write bathroom humor and drunk humor. Hello, those you know. So, what can you do? Um, and and to get the stage time, and even not even if you want to go into corporate market. Okay, if you want to you you can only get good by going on stage there's no shortcut you want to get on stage as often as you can so there are other venues like fundraisers benefit shows talent shows but you can't go in there with an x-rated act again i'm not trying to change anyone there are plenty of comics i i remember one time i said to lisa lampanelli i said uh uh with what she was doing or something i said I said, you'll never get on The Tonight Show doing that material. And she said, fuck you, Dave. I don't want to be on The Tonight Show. She goes, I want to be on The Howard Stern Show. And it's true, okay? And and some of the other names I mentioned, I mean, they, they work dirty or adult, blue humor. And that's fine. There's places they can work. But you must make that decision what you want to do. And my advice to the newer comedians is to work cleaner just to get the stage time. Mm. just to get your timing down, your delivery down. And the thing is, if you can write a joke with a punchline doesn't depend on like a shock value, or, a, you know, a, a, an x rated word, you can always add that stuff in later when you have that audience. The smart ones do that. I'm not, I, you know, the stuff, I'm not making up this stuff, by the way, this is all told to me by comedians and, and professionals or my own personal experience. You know, I know comedians. I I book comedians at at um, I remember years ago at the Hollywood Improv. We did a midnight blue show on Friday nights, just as filthy as they want to be. Then Monday morning, the same comics. I won't mention any names, but they know I'm thinking of them. Uh, Monday morning, they can have a suit on and stand in corporate boardroom, talk about the same topics, but it's G-rated. Hmm. Okay. It's 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 yeah. knowing about the business. It's it's the business again, it's a creative art. I respect that. I I, I feel I'm creative myself with my writing and everything. But you know, it's it's, it's a lot of sitting around telling yourself how great you are, how creative you are. But if no one's hiring you, who knows?
1: Yeah, yeah. So as a for you gave some common things that young comics do uh, anything for like established comedians that have been doing comedy for a while, sort of how they transition into the corporate world.
2: No, they're all smart enough to figure that out. They know that. Gotcha. I mean, I, what else can I tell you? You know, you know, if you've done a corporate gigs, you guys have both done some corporate stuff, right? Well, you know, you walk in, I mean, it's common sense. Know your audience, know your audience. I remember one time, and here's something a a lot of comics don't realize too, you want to break into the college market? Okay, they always think, Oh, yeah, colleges, the college kids, the students will love me, because I'm going to talk about sleeping in and missing classes and smoking pot and getting high getting drunk, I'm gonna get laid. Yeah, that college kids love that. Yeah, the college kids too. But guess what? Who hires you? Student activities. And they have a student activities board and they got a student activities advisor and they're booking shows for the newer comedians. Again, headliners can do whatever they want, but you're breaking into the college market. Guess what shows you're going to be trying to get little sibs weekend, family weekend, alumni weekend, parents weekend. They don't want to sit there and listen to what you sleeping in, getting high and getting laid. Okay, I mean, just really. So when I talk about established comedians, they know this. I'm not saying anything they don't know. You know, it's it's common sense. And if you can't figure that out, you're not going to work.
1: <laughs> Touche. <That's cliche. laughs>
2: you guys ask. I mean, you guys ask. I just say what it is. I don't know. Of course.
0: Yeah, and I think yeah, Yoshi <laughs> and I have both done I – mean, we've done like stand-up in – like a corporate setting and also like workshops and team building and things like that. And we'd Mm -hmm. like to do more and actually find Mm -hmm. maybe some stable work through that. And right now I know, I don't mine personally, it's basically been word of mouth. Some people have found the podcast and found the educational value that could apply to like their sales team. And other people have just like heard about me through someone else. And it's kind of been like a smaller networking side, but to really want to start building momentum in this world, you know? Yes.
2: Yeah. Uh, it it is all about networking. Um, you, you have to treat it like a business. You know, again, so when I talk about my book, how to be a working comic, it is a business book. I consider myself to be a businessman. I'm not a comedian. Okay. I I mean, I, I booked shows. I was a talent coordinator. I was behind the scenes guy. And so a, a lot of the stuff I learned, the first edition of the book, now it's been updated, How to Be a Working Comic, uh, because when it first came out, it was like the hard copy, um, I don't have anything around it, like, like a folder. You have your 8x10 in it, your resume, your bio, and all You know, those days are gone. Everything is online now. So we updated it so it, it involves like online and emails and things like that. But, you know, you have to be serious about doing this. I mean, you have to, it's a job. It can't just be like, okay, I'm not doing anything for a month. Oh, I'll sit down some morning and I'll send out a bunch of emails. to everyone. Hey, I'm a comic hired me, mm-hmm. well, you know, they're, they're these talent bookers, they get those emails every day, you know, how you have to find a way to stay in touch without being a pain in the butt, but also you can't let them forget about you, you gotta be good. I mean, Steve Martin said, it. you gotta be so good. They can't ignore you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, just. A lot of the mistakes I see from the newer comedians, they come in, they, they decide all of a sudden they're going to be a comedian. And, you know, and listen, I, I appreciate it. I mean, it's so what a great career that would be to be a comedian. And people love comedy. But like I've said, there's no such thing as an overnight success. So they'll come in. I've had people take my workshops. I do my workshops are three Saturdays, then a performance at the improv in front of a big crowd. For many of them, it's their first time on stage. It's what an excitement, what a rush that is. And it works for them because they're practiced. We rehearsed it. We talk about it. We rewrite it. You know, they get on stage every session at the improv, and I, I'm Simon Cowell. That's not funny. <laughs> you know, or how can we make that funny? We're gonna, so when they go, up, they do this. But I've had a few that say, Oh, yeah, Dave, as soon as I finish a workshop, I'm moving to Hollywood. I'm going to get a sitcom. And I'm like,
3: mm-hmm.
2: I, 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 <laughs> it, it just knocks the breath. I'm like, Oh, don't, don't do that don't, you'll never get on stage. You know, I mean, if you live there, and you're starting out, that's different. If you live in New York City, you're starting out, that's different. But get your experience under the radar somewhere. You know, and get on stage as much as you can, because it's all about trial and error. When I when I talk about this writing and creating new comedy material in my workshops, we're making a we're making our best guess. You don't know, nobody knows how it's going to work until you get on stage in front of an audience. Okay. But uh, and, and and that's, that's the only way to do this. I don't know how I got, I think I got off track of what you guys asked me. I don't know, but
0: uh, yeah, we're, we're asking you how we can work in the corporate world more. Yeah. Basically. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Working. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. So I'm helping you guys out, right? Yes. Okay. This is now a coaching session. Yes.
2: <laughs> All right. Do, do you guys have Venmo? What are you guys doing here? Yeah. <laughs>
1: But I think Um, the thing that you keep coming back to, which I think is super important, is knowing your audience and then finding a way to get on stage in front of that audience. You mentioned rotary clubs, Mm -hmm. you mentioned fundraisers, you mentioned um, talent shows, but things that where corporate people are going to be, not necessarily dive bars and uh, breweries, because you you may not find your corporate audience there. So I think right. that seems to be the theme that keeps coming back as I'm taking notes here is that just knowing your audience and knowing that if we're trying to go more corporate is to find ways in front of corporate audiences and get on corporate stages as much as possible.
2: Yeah, that is what I call, And you know, you guys, you guys have, I mean, I have one to copy it. I mean, you know, my book, right? You've seen this, How to Be a Working Corporate Comedian. Cause I used to teach an online course and this kind of stuff. And I was like, what the heck? So it's all it's written a book, but there's a chapter in there. And it's called the, the corporate comedy, open mic scene. And basically, I mean, again, you have to get on stage. So I would say open mics, are like a, 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 necessary evil. <laughs> I can't tell you how much I hear from comics, how much they hate open mics.
3: Mm-hmm. All
2: right. It's, it's a bunch of other comics sitting there. All they're always paying attention to you. Cause they're all working on their act. You know, and if you get a real audience, that's that's great. If you can do that, then you get bringer shows. I don't know when that started. Uh, we didn't have bringer shows when I was doing this in New York. Um, but yeah, the corporate comedy open mic scene is. If you want to get into the corporate market, you got to find your audience. You have to write for that audience. Okay. So again, I mean, like, you know, I, 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 an example of this stuff. And again, I don't make this up. I learned this working with NSA, NAS, NAS yeah, the National Speakers Association. Mm-hmm. Um, when I decided to get, I do corporate training programs. I use like humor, communication skills, teamwork, net, networking, you know, team building, that kind of stuff. And um, I, to put this together, I did what I called the corporate comedy open mic scene, and rotary clubs, okay, Knights of Columbus, women's college groups. Everything within a driving distance of where I was at that time, I called them up and um, asked if I could come in. And you know, they need a speaker at every meeting, and uh, they don't pay, but it's an open mic. They feed you; it's better than any open mic I did in New York. <laughs> so, you know, they give you a big meal and everything, and you go in, and and I got to to work this out in front of them. I'd have my notes, they'd give you a lectern and I had my notes on there because I wasn't a big professional getting paid for this and and trying things out and audience participation. I was doing, and I can't tell you how many I did. I mean, just tons and uh, everywhere I could drive, breakfast, lunch, dinner, banquets, different, all different. I mean, six o'clock in the morning, I'm a night person. I'm in the comedy world, six o'clock in the morning, I'm standing there trying to do a corporate thing that's an hour drive already in the snow. Um, but it came together that way. That's how I put it together. And my first paying gig doing that, it was for a rotary club somewhere. And when I finished, and I oh, and I always, and you got to handle like a business. So you always have business cards. I'm just surprised that people are like, oh, that's old-fashioned business cards. Well, that's why you're not getting work. Hello? Instead of write your name down on a napkin, piece of paper, or say, hey, here's my email address, email me, blah. You got a card. Boom, it's right on there. Here, take this. I handed out cards. I had a gig this afternoon. I'm handing out cards. Um, I did this for a rotary club. And at the end, I'm standing by the doors. People are leaving. I'm thanking them for allowing me to come in. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed it. You know, everything like that. And, you know, handing out a business card if they'd like one to get in touch with me. And one guy came up and he was a dentist and they were having an American Dental Association, some kind of meeting there. And he asked if I would like to come speak for 500 bucks. And it was just what I just did in the rotary for free. So I'm like, you want to pay me for what I just did for free? Yes, <laughs> you got a deal. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, and then it networks from there because you got a credit then you got your resume going and, and, and you have to market it. You have to market. Um, you know, and, and you know, that's so why I talk about the open mic scene like that. You put together a clean, you, you network, you get to know people, you find ways to get their business cards, start mailing lists. I mean, I've done this, okay? I've, got, I've written a couple books besides the comedy industry where I have like a contest or something. Drop your business card in the champagne bucket I'm spending around. We'll draw one out you'll win a copy of my book. All of the rest of you will go on my email list and I will send you a monthly newsletter. There's always an unsubscribe button, so you don't need to. it If you don't like me, I can disappear into cyberspace. You won't hurt my feelings. But you can put your business card in. You got a chance to win a book i used to have like passes from the improv you know things like that i I get whatever and people would put their business cards in and i developed a a mailing list an email list i have a couple email lists now i'm assuming both you guys are on my how to be a working comic humor speaker email list i send out a newsletter every two weeks and it has you know like what we're talking about business stuff this week i think the one is about bombing bombing on stage and uh, i send out every two weeks i have my email list but you do that and you stay in touch with people mm-hmm. and um you know the other thing too uh i cold call it's it's a miserable thing to do mm. but i don't know I, I call. i cold call who am i who want to talk to what am i going to talk to where are these groups and yeah. you got a phone it's miserable it's miserable <laughs> you get somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about you get the you know the, the gatekeeper you, know, you leave a message then you gotta call back i keep excel programs so i know when i called who i talked to what i talked about again it's a business you can't just do this at spur of the moment say oh yeah it's a hobby i'm gonna do comedy as a hobby well then be happy performing in a holiday Inn on a friday night you know that's that's it you want to make <laughs> you want to make it in a business you treat it like a business <laughs>
1: that was a nice holiday in but i appreciate
0: it it's a holiday Inn express that's so got free breakfast so express. you know free breakfast I'm,
2: I'm, I'm such a jerk and i know that
0: it's like you want to get in the corporate world where you're staying in hilton's that's when you know you've made it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when there isn't free breakfast because
1: <laughs> oh yeah that's <laughs> so Dave, like when, when you think about sort of where you've been with your comedy journey and sort of uh, how comedy has changed now, what would you give sort of as advice of how comics can sort of, what do they need to leverage now versus the way that they used to think? Because I think there's still a lot of comedians that sort of are beholden to gatekeepers and like are just waiting for somebody else to tell them, oh, you're the star now. Now, how do you how would you sort of advise comics? How do they make it on their own sort of to write their own story?
2: It's a very interesting question. Uh, You have to take charge of what you're doing. Um, I'm trying to think like when I when I talk because. Again, my, my affiliation has been with the improv since the 1980s. And I stand on a stage and I tell the audience it's the number one comedy club in the world. I don't care who. There's nobody can disagree with me. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. Um, but I also know it's hard to get into the club. It's hard to get bookings there. And, you know, I tell everyone, don't put all your eggs in one basket. It's not the only club out there. I mean, there's there's zanies, you know. There's the funny bone. There's levity live. There's you know, helium. There's there's all these different clubs. Coconuts, I guess. You know, whatever. You know, get your stuff out there. If the improv doesn't book you, it's not the end of the world. There's there are plenty of other clubs. But again, you've got to, you know, you've got to treat it like a business. Um, it's it's networking. It's getting it's getting on stage. It's it's meeting. Other comedians without being a pain in the butt. But you know, sometimes you, you work with a, that's important. That's important. I can't tell you how many times I've heard from comedians like, oh God, this person's coming. They, they won't leave me alone. I've had that happen to me. You know, like just, okay, they're not my style. I just can't work with that person kind of stuff because they're a pain in the butt. But you know, if you're working with someone who, who is getting bookings, they're a national act or something, and they say they like your set, they think you're funny, you know, ask them for advice. You know, what do you think I should do next? You know, is, is there a talent booker I can, you know, look, you know, you've got to network, you know, if they don't like you, if they don't think you're funny, they're not going to do it. They're not going to ruin their career to help out yeah. someone they don't believe in. But if they really do believe in you. So a lot of comics don't understand this. There are age, they always say, I need an agent. I need a manager. Well, you know, they're looking for new faces. They're they, they look, I mean, how do you think they make money? They got to find, you know, all the big major stars are already represented,
3: Mm -hmm. you know,
2: so there's, there's plenty of agents out there, managers looking for talent that they can nurture so they can both make money. You know, that's what it's about. It's a business. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's what it is. It's a business. And, you know, you just have to be like Steve Martin said, you have to be so funny. They can't ignore you, but you have to let yourself let them know you're out there, um, Getting on stage, you know, networking of—I uh, 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 I don't know what to say. They, they will find you. But you know, if you're not ready, don't try to push yourself on someone if you're not ready. You've got to be honest. I mean, I've—I've I've known comedians personally. Uh, I've heard stories and stuff where they just weren't ready. They thought they were. They did like a, you know, two weeks worth of open mics, and they think, okay, they're ready for the Tonight Show, and then they—they they actually. You know, and the, and the horrible thing is they'll, they'll pull like one of those lottery numbers. Like you have for your auditions. We always have one of those, you know, the improv, we had a lottery and they'll pull the number, they'll get on stage and they don't have any experience. They've only been doing it for a year and they think they're headliners and they bomb horribly. And the bottom line is, and it's awful to say this, a lot of these casting people, talent bookers, they remember first impressions. Mm. It's tough. You make a lousy first impression. It's tough to get over that. Um, so, you know, you've got to be honest with yourself. How do, you, how do you stand up, you know, against the other comedians? Are you getting as many laughs? Are you getting, you know, get, and plus you can do this on your own too. And I'll tell you, that's why I wrote the book, How to Be a Working Comic. You don't need an agent when you're starting out. You don't need a manager. You don't need a publicist. Why would you want to pay these people all this extra money when you can do this yourself right now? All right. You don't need those people until you get so busy, you can't handle it yourself. But right now, what are you doing? We're, we're sitting here talking on a podcast, right? We Instead we of doing that, we could be writing material, hey, you know, we're
3: doing whatever. Okay,
2: So, you know, I, I tell them that, you know, you can you, you, you do this, you be your own manager, you be your own agent, you know, be your own publicist, get your headshots together, get your video together, you know, get your resume together, you know, you can do that. It's easy stuff. That's all the agents and managers do. And when they started out in their business, their careers, and I've known some big time agents and managers very, very successful. But I know they started out also having to pick up the phone and make calls. I'm an agent, I'm representing. So yeah, you're an agent, right? <laughs> you go, no, really, I'm an agent, I got this, hire my people, you know, and, and it, it, it takes time. And the dedication, a lot of people fall off to the wayside, because it's too much work, they, they find it's too hard. But, uh, you know, it's a, it's a job you know and it's not a job that has to be 24/ 7 either I mean set away some time to do it I mean I set away time every week to do it. you find me on LinkedIn you find me on these things and it's not like I spur of the moment like oh I got nothing to do I'm gonna sit down and do this no man I got my got my bottle of water I got the next hour let's let's spam.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you do you get a lot of because I know you're consistent on LinkedIn and I seal I mean even if it's something as like just posting an interesting article that relates to humor and things mm-hmm. like that do you get a lot of leads on LinkedIn or what kind of value are you getting posting so much on LinkedIn
2: I get a lot of people contacting me like you guys just did hmm because again my main focus really when it comes to comedy is I'm a coach Mm hmm. So I, I do private coaching. I do the, my online coaching on Monday, Wednesday evenings, and I do my workshops. And so I get a lot of leads that way. Uh, when I do my um, and and really so much. God, I'm not really doing that much corporate training stuff anymore, like I was, because I didn't have as much fun as I am now. I, I, I do a um, well, like, again, when I go out, instead of like a big, long, like a training seminar thing I do like a one hour comedy workshop for corporate or 55 and older communities I do it for high schools I do it I do video conferences I just did one for two of them for uh, Niagara Falls a couple weeks ago and I was down in Florida doing it okay Um, it's Yeah, I mean I you know, it's it's really networking. It's getting the word out. It's it's getting the word out. I guess on LinkedIn maybe how they find me, because they contact me. But I do a lot of again, cold calling, I do a lot of emailing. I have my email lists. Um and, and again, I'm interested in comedy. I love it. So if I see an article that I think makes sense, you know, I mean I've got you know, LinkedIn and, and uh, what else do I do now? Instagram, I do TikTok and I've got like three different Facebook pages how to be a working mm-hmm. comic, how to be comedy workshops, online comedy workshops. So if I find articles that are interesting about the business or something, you know, I, I, I post it. And usually, I can find something every day, because I'm looking for that. Sure. That's what I look for. That's what I'm interested in. And especially if it's someone i would worked with in the past. I'm like, Oh, you know, I'm really happy for their success. You're like oh they're actually doing something now this is great and i can put it out and i can say hey i remember when i worked with so-and-so and it's you know look how far they've taken this because they haven't given up
0: so yeah nice it's akuma um, said i'm outside smoking weed like you're <laughs> talking about treating it like a job and he's like yeah i'm outside smoking weed <laughs> So there's that side of comedy as well, but it is like you said, treating it like a job. I mean, so comedy is something That's a, you get so, out what you put in a lot of the time as well. Yeah, yeah. but you know, a lot word. of
2: it is a lot of it is living also. So, and here's the writing. T- and again, you got to take my workshop and stuff. I have the George Carlin writing technique. I have stuff that these comics told me how they write material, how they put it together. The bottom line is, you live your life, you live, and you talk about it. Con- Comedians are observers of life, you know, and they're, they're journalists. They're, they're how they feel about things, what they observe, what they see and everything. And mm-hmm. you can't do that if you're sitting around in front of a, a computer screen trying to write. Oh, the big thing, the big thing, they have big mistakes. The biggest mistake too. When I start working with someone, they think they're going to sit down in front of their laptop or their computer every night and write for an hour. I'm going to sit down every night at 10 o'clock. I'm going to write till 11 o'clock every night. And usually nine times out of 10, even more than that. An hour later they're still staring at a blank screen you know and the comics i talk to they go out and do stuff i mean they go out and do stuff and things happen and they write about it i remember i remember. here's a story from years ago i was at the when i was running the cleveland improv my good friend bobby collins who i just love uh he was our headliner and he was coming in from california There was a major snowstorm airports were all closed and just storm you know snowing like crazy and uh, we're keeping track of his flight. We had a full audience. The place was sold out. I'm like, oh man! So I'm looking around, and there were comics that had taken my workshop in the audience to watch this, and I'm putting them on stage to do five minutes. You did five minutes of the workshop. Can you do it now? Can you do it? We're extending the show. We we found when the plane landed, we had a car waiting for him. He They car hauled him through the snowstorm. And he ran. I remember him running in the door, just throwing off his coat and everything. We announced him. He goes up on stage, and uh, he gets up there and talks about the snowstorm. Says, oh my God, you know, we landed, we're skidding on the runway, and blah, 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 this and that, this and that. And when he finished his set, I went over to Bobby. I said, oh man, it was awful about that snowstorm. And he goes, what do you mean? He said, I just got a new three minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. That, that, that's how yeah. it works. I mean, Christopher Titus told me the story one time. He was getting arrested. They're putting his head in the back of the police car, and he's got the handcuffs. And he's thinking, oh man, I got a good, I got a new five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So you know, it's it's so when I talk about being a business, I mean, you are a creative artist, I don't mm-hmm. want to underestimate that part of it. You, you have it, it is like being a painter, you're an artist. And so you live your life, you observe it. And, um, you know, where's the humor? Where does your humor fit in? Something, you know, someone else think something is funny, you don't find it funny at all. But you'll find something that you think is just hysterical, and you have to share it. But you know, it's through an experience.
0: Nice. Uh, yeah. Oh, so, uh, as we land this plane, is there any <laughs> closing? No. Are, are you kidding? I'm all talked
2: out. I can't believe you guys let me go on like this.
0: <laughs> no, I, I just want if the, if you had any closing, your favorite comedy advice, or anything else you uh, want to say before we land the plane here, Dave,
1: or or everything, or or, but, or what? your favorite what? comedy story that nobody knows about that is a hot breath exclusive from all the names that you dropped today that no one's ever heard before, but only you can share. Okay, well, there was the time I almost killed Dave Chappelle. (laughs) (laughs) Please expand, (laughs) please expand.
2: Well, I've been in his business a long time, right? So has he? Yeah. And I uh, met Dave Chappelle uh, in, in Hollywood at the Hollywood Improv. He, he auditioned. He, that's another long story. But um, he came out through a friend of mine in New York who was his agent. And I, he's the, one of the only people I ever put on stage without watching him first. He was a New York comic. I was in Hollywood. Anyway, he went up, he killed. He was just great. So funny. And so uh, when he's coming off the stage, you know, I, I ran up to him and said, you're going to do the TV show evening at the Improv. And he was a regular now on the roster at the Hollywood Improv. So I was booking the shows then, and uh, I was sitting in the back of the Hollywood Improv uh, one night, and this out of the corner of my eye—I saw somebody walk up to me. It was Dave Chappelle, and I look up and I said, "You know, hey man, what are you doing here?" He says, "You gave me a spot, like at eight thirty. You gave me a nine o'clock spot." I'm like, "Yeah, but not here. That was in Santa Monica. We had a Santa Monica Improv at that time. I'm in the Hollywood Improv." Yeah, but not here. It's in Santa Monica. He goes, "Oh man," he says, "I'm from New York. I don't have a car." It's like shit. So my whole thing was, it would look really bad for him to miss a spot. Okay, it would look extra bad for him to be hanging out with me the talent coordinator while he's missing the spot. So I said, I said, All right, I said, Go, let's get my car. So he had another friend with him guy by the name of Dave, um, Dave Edwards, did a lot of college work at the time. So three days, Dave Schwenson, Dave Chappelle, Dave Edwards, we run out of the Hollywood improv, I got this beater of a, a lemon of a car. I had a Mustang convertible. It sucked. I only got it because it was a convertible and I thought it would look cool. I didn't know it would break down every month, whatever kind of stuff. Anyway. So I, these guys jump in. Dave Edwards is in the back seat. Dave Chappelle's sitting next to me and I'm driving and we're heading out to Santa Monica. We have like 15 minutes or 10, whatever to get there. And so I don't know what high, I can't remember the highway anymore. It's a four Oh five. I don't know what we're on. I'm doing like 90 <laughs> and, uh, I'm passing cars. i like, listen, and dave chappelle sitting next to me and he put his feet up he put his hands on the dashboard like this and he's screaming he's going he's going oh my god i can see it now the headlines three daves die in fiery car accident. and i'm hitting them i'm going i'm going i'm going shut up shut up like this and i'm driving and the dave edwards in the back seat three days we get down to the santa monica improv i pull up right in front of the club right i slam on the brakes boom and i said get out and the two of them jumped out of the car and Chappelle went in, he was just like one minute before his set was spread, right, but he got there. He made it. Okay. So that's that part of the story. Now, a few years later, okay, he's a big star. He's got the Chappelle show. He's got a tour bus. He's on it. His big headshot. If you ever saw his tour bus, it's a big picture of Dave Chappelle on the side. Big thing. I was hand I was managing the Cleveland Improv and he was doing a show. So I was there and I pulled up and everything. I look out in the parking lot and there's this bus, this Dave Chappelle bus. So I thought, well, I'll go over. I don't know if he remembers me or not or anything like this. So I went over to the bus, and had the curtains were all closed and everything. So I went over, and I knocked on the door like this. I expected one of his guys or something to look out and say, who are you? I knocked on the door of the bus. Next thing I know, the curtain opens up the window, and Dave Chappelle looks out at me. And he goes, hey, three Daves die in fiery car accident."
3: (laughs) <laughs>
0: that's incredible i
2: hung out in the bus got a contact high and went to work <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's glorious well dave thank that's you so much so for boring, sharing dave. that story and sharing your time for people listening to this where would you what would you like them to check out on your uh, end how can they check out your books and anything you want to promote yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, just go to my website, which is the The Comedy Book, thecomedybook.com. And I have links on there to take you to all the other stuff I do. Again, I, we're starting online comedy workshops again in, in two weeks, uh, private coaching and Zoom, and also my comedy workshops, mainly Cleveland, Chicago, Tampa. But uh, sign up for my newsletter. It's free. Every other week I send out a newsletter. And um, yeah, my books are all on Amazon, how to be a working comic, comedy FAQs and answers, and the one we're supposed to be talking about today, which is how to be a working corporate comedian. Kaboom. I got 40 some, 40 some comics I work with give their advice. Again, it's not me making up stuff. For it's sure. It's all working comics, sharing what they do, how to help you in the business.
1: Yeah, and, it's uh, a great book, by the way. I've got it. I've been reading it uh, for like the past year. I got it about a year ago. Great book. It didn't, I, ta- didn't a take me a year to write it. It took you a year to read it. <laughs> No, but you've got exercises. You've got literal exercises in there. Uh, which All right, is why I'm I was like, kidding. Yoshi, chill out, man. I'm killing it. I'm no, kidding. no, but it's great. It's a great book because when I started it, here's, so here's the funny thing. When I started it, I started, I was like, oh, this is like a workbook. Like, I didn't yes. realize it was a workbook, I thought I would just like read it. And then, but you've got work exercises, which is amazing. So I'm like literally going through each of the work exercises, making sure I have it. So, but yeah, it's awesome. That's what I like about it. I'm glad you brought
2: that up because there is another thing I want to promote here, which um, I I haven't been promoting it as much because it's kind of new for me, but you know, those courses they have on Udemy? Yeah. You're familiar Mm -hmm. with Udemy, right? So Mm -hmm. uh, we put together a course, how to be a working comic and it's on Udemy. And there are, gosh, I don't know, it's uh, all the videos. I mean, it's me and it's like step by step how to become a working comic. Again, it's about how to write comedy material, how to get on stage, business stuff, uh, marketing, promotions, all that stuff. It's on Udemy. I think it's like a might be like a $32 course, but they're always having those things on sale,
3: Mm -hmm. for like
2: 16 bucks or whatever. But yeah, there's um, I mean, there's like 50 some downloadable things articles to read and homework you know, I want you there's like five sections. So you have to, you know, you got to finish section one, then go to section two. And, yeah. you know, and again, it's not an overnight thing. It's just to give me yeah. an idea. And oh, and every every video, there's like at least 26 videos I did for this. Every Everyone I drop a, a comedian's name. So someone you might have heard of, i telling you what they told me their advice, a lot of famous people That's and awesome. some that aren't so famous, but you know, some good advice. So it's on you to me uh udemy U D don't know how you spell that who cares uh mm-hmm. how to be a working comic an insider's guide an insider's guide to a career in stand-up comedy on udemy and you can watch and you can watch dave it's like having dave tv you can watch me for hours anytime you don't like what i say you just hit the button it's like you know it's like censorship boom next.
0: <laughs> awesome. we'll definitely sit, right. put uh links to all your stuff yeah in the the show notes of this episode and um well, thank yeah you. Thank you so much, Dave, Thank for your you. time.
2: I had a blast talking with you guys, by the way. I know sometimes I'm whatever, but uh, no, I was having fun. So
1: no, you made some you sense. Amazing. Yeah.
0: yeah, you killed it, Dave. My favorite moment was you roasting Yoshi for how long he's taken with your book. That was, but it, it sounds like writing a book is a good, like a um, good resume builder for like corporate stuff. Seems like that adds a bit of credibility to the brand.
2: A lot of what I'm doing now, matter of fact, when I said I had a gig today, again, not to keep you guys on for a lot of people don't know this about me. I've written two books on the Beatles. Okay. A uh, completely different person. I mean, I have different Facebook groups, LinkedIn groups. And when the comics find out, I wrote two books on the Beatles. They're like, what the hell are you doing, Dave? I'm like, well, mm-hmm. I just, you know, anyway, um, that's my gig. I had this afternoon. I go out and talk to groups about the 1960s and the Beatles concerts at the beginning of stadium rock. And I show some rare videos and, uh I, I do as i do as many of those as i do with my comedy stuff
1: oh, and they're completely amazing. different I yeah, love they're that. Completely
2: different. so if anyone's but the interested in that the
1: same right like you're uh, still yeah. a speaker you're still being funny you're oh, still yeah. presenting yeah i work i awesome. work
2: off the audience i yeah. have a lot of fun i ask them for their memories that kind of stuff and, and uh oh yeah i had a lot of fun with the group today i just i i yeah, if, if anyone's interested in something like that, it's Beatles B E A T L E S Program dot com, Beatles Program dot com, and it has my books and stuff on there, my calendar. I'm, so man, good. I'm all talked
0: out. You guys, I don't. You're know great, how you Dave. Me out here so long. You're in- awesome. you- <laughs> We appreciate you, Dave. Anyone listening, reach out to Dave if you enjoyed this. Let him know that his time and information is very well spent here in the Hot Breath of Verse. And uh, we will be back next Tuesday. So thank you, everyone, for hanging out. Thank you, Dave. All
2: Absolutely. right. Thank you, guys. It was great. A lot of fun. Thank you. Good Thank luck.
1: You. He might he might you roast keep, you your dreams, laughing. but he's a good guy, and yes. he loves you regardless.
0: <laughs> Have a good day, everyone. We love you all. <laughs> all Appreciate
1: right. it, Dave. Thank you. <laughs> Bye.
3: Hot breath.
0: What's goody, how breath the verse? I am teaching a clean comedy workshop on Zoom this Sunday afternoon. So if you've ever wondered where the line is in clean comedy, how to transform your dirty jokes to clean jokes without compromising your voice, and get live feedback on your material in the workshop, scroll to the bottom of the show notes, click the link, join the clean comedy workshop, or go to joelbyerscomedy.com slash clean comedy workshop. And I'll see you there. Last one sold out, so jump on it.